Is this a spiritual podcast? <laughs> sure is. You're listening to Wild and Holy Radio, the realest conversation on spirituality, finding your truth, and creating a life that honors your soul. I'm your host, Megan Hale, and together we'll grow in more faith, more love, and doing our holy work in the world. We've always been holy, and we were born to be wild. Permission to be both is granted. This episode is sponsored by Honey and Sage Co., a women's wellness subscription care package and apothecary who believe in holy wellness and self-care is sacred. Find out more at honeyandsageco.com. Welcome back, everybody. I am so excited to be introducing you to my next guest today. We have a beautiful conversation. Can't wait to share with you. And, you know, before we even get started, can we just have a moment <laughs> for me to just say, it's so nice to be back with you. I know this is, this is episode four, but for me, this still feels so new and exciting and delicious. And after doing 150 episodes on the Enoughness Revolution, like, Wild and Holy Radio is still a new little baby for me. And I really had lost sight, honestly, of how much podcasting was a big part of my life. You know, I was doing two episodes a week for a really long while. And when I took a break, it was like, wow, this is something I absolutely love. So it feels so good to be back on the mic, to be back with all of you, to be starting a new conversation and building a thriving community around this concept of wild and holy. So if you've been here for a while, I am so, so grateful for you, for your support and helping us continue to build this community. And if you're new here, hi, I'm Megan Hale. And I'm so excited that you're here. You're, you're jumping in at a very important part because Wild and Holy is a little young baby who is going to be growing some major wings this year. So I'm so glad that you are a part of this journey with us. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So I hope you guys tuned in to episode three. We talked all about paradigm shifts, and it's actually part one of a three-part series that I'm doing on the spiritual shifts that accompany expansion. I hope that that episode got some of your wheels turning, some ideas generating on just how powerful paradigm shifts are for us when we are expanding into a new version of ourselves. So when I was thinking of the episode that I wanted to come next, I really wanted to bring on a guest who could totally go there with me (laughs) as we really tease apart our own beliefs, how we go through our own shifts, and how those are so necessary on our path to healing our relationship with God, ourselves, and everything in between. So today I'm introducing you to Christian Sinclair, who is a spiritual author and teacher who has helped thousands create dynamic shifts in their consciousness, lives, health, relationships, and careers through her books, coaching, and leadership. In today's episode, we dive into transforming our understanding of God to have more faith and trust, which is something I'm so passionate about, to how we practice the very vulnerable act of surrender. We're talking about some very personal shares on that topic, how we find our truth, which always comes from God, and how we actually let this guide our lives, which isn't always super easy, and how we use our spirituality for tenacity and resilience when our dreams fall short 
or our prayers seemingly go unanswered, which I know we've all experienced. You know, all of these topics fall under the umbrella Christian calls spiritual mastery, which is a concept you can learn more about on her website, christiansinclair.com. I'm really excited to share this conversation with you guys, so let's get into it, shall we? Without further ado, here's Christian. Welcome back to Wild and Holy Radio, everybody. I am so excited to have spiritual teacher and spiritual mastery coach Christian Sinclair here with me today. Christian, thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much, love. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm really excited for this conversation because you really stand in the spiritual realm of helping people create a deeper sense of spirituality. So where I'd like to start is from your perspective, why is spirituality so important? Oh, wow. That's such a loaded question. I know, I know. (laughs) You know, I know for me, I have lived a life without spirituality Mm -hmm. and have lived a life with it. And the difference is I mean, everything, peace, love, happiness, joy. I mean, it's that feeling of not being connected, that feeling of separation that we all feel on a day-to-day basis in pretty much every aspect of our life. That feeling of separation is so, that's where the ego thrives. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So when you have a strong spiritual connection, that starts to dissipate and you start feeling the oneness and connection, not only with everyone else, but also of yourself and your spirit and, and God itself. Yeah. You know, one of the things that kind of pops up in my mind right now, so reading the gifts of imperfection was a really big life changer for me by Brene Brown. And one of the guideposts in that book talks about people who can live wholeheartedly. They believe in something that's bigger than them. And it was interesting to me because it's not about believing a certain thing or believing a certain path or believing in a certain way. It's simply the fact that you believe that there's something that connects you to other people. Mm-hmm. And I've had a very similar experience as you, like living without spirituality and feeling like the loneliness that that creates internally, um, feeling a lot of fear of feeling like it's all on my shoulders and it can feel really heavy. And I've also felt the opposite of that, of when I'm really strong in my spirituality, I never feel alone and I feel so supported. And it's not that fear doesn't exist. It's just that I don't give it as much power Mm -hmm. because I'm so much more grounded in like what the truth is, that there's never any reason to be fearful because everything's already handled. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious for you, you know, you work with a lot of clients on how to deepen into their spirituality. Like what are some of the biggest roadblocks that they talk about in and really living more spiritual lives. One of the biggest things in spirituality is the limitations. Mm -hmm. Like people that have studied or practiced for 30 plus years who still feel a limitation spiritually. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, somebody can practice a certain modality or belief system for 30 plus years and still be feeling like 
they're being held back. Mm-hmm. And I, I work with a lot of people, like the phrase, I've tried everything else, mm-hmm. <laughs> comes up a lot <laughs> with my clients. Um, and I have been that person too, where it's like, I've tried everything else and nothing works. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I see that a lot where people are trying everything and still not getting the results that they want. Mm-hmm. And it's really, it, that really gets into the whole, um, it's not about what's outside of ourselves. It's really about what's inside, yeah. you know, and I know I, I love modalities. I love different belief systems. I've, I am trained in a thousand of them because of it. I really mm-hmm. enjoy them. Like, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm down on any of it, but I, I see people focus a lot on getting into alignment with things or the stars being into alignment and everything being just perfect so that they can, you know, manifest the perfect results. And it's really, that's still outside of ourselves. That's putting so much power outside of ourselves when it's all internal. Mm-hmm. And those things are great. I love using those as tools. It's, it's a good gauge. Yeah. Um, I like to use those as tools to kind of see where my belief systems are or maybe where I'm holding myself back. Mm-hmm. But I think the most important thing is realizing that everything that we need is already inside of us. And it's really not about tapping into stars and moons and planets and alignment of anything outside, but actually getting into alignment within ourselves and with spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think I'm glad that you bring up this concept of perfection. Because for me, you know, the personal development path parallels the spiritual path for me. They are, they are so intimately tied. They are married. <laughs> they, are, they are lifelong partners. Because the more I grow spiritually, the more I grow personally. And one of the things that I have noticed, there's a trap on the personal development path to perfect instead of improve. Mm-hmm. And that can be a really dangerous gray area where a lot of voices of it's not good enough yet come up. And how this relates, I think, spiritually is, well, I haven't found the right thing or tool yet in order to get there. Mm-hmm. And we kind of miss the idea that it's really us shifting or letting go of perfection and how we think things should look in order to find the peace and serenity that we're really looking for. Because I think overall, I mean, we want to feel confident in who we are. We want to feel um, confident in our faith and our trust in ourselves and something outside of ourselves, because this allows us to like flow through the difficult times. Right. Mm -hmm. And it helps us step forward more courageously in the easier times. (laughs) So what tools, I mean, do you, do you find perfectionism showing up a lot with your clients? Well, spirituality and religion, everything is based on that you're not good enough. I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of what it is, you know, boiled down to. Mm-hmm. It's all about when you do this, you will see these results. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's perfectionism, but it's not it's not conscious by any means. Like I don't really ever hear anybody saying like, I have to do this so that, you know, but it, 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 when you boil it down, it becomes, 
I'm not good enough as I am, so I have to keep practicing this, or I have to keep doing this, and um, you know, balance whatever. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you know, so it's a it's a perfectionism, but it's I think it's one of the most clever little ego disguises of perfectionism. It's it's not like a a blatant type A personality kind of perfectionism. It's it's, it's a real sneaky you know, under the radar, you're not good enough. Yeah. That I see constantly. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of, that's kind of what spirituality and religion are in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's like the background tape of I'm not good enough yet. Mm-hmm. So I need to try harder or do more or not do certain things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I hear like the new thing is to have some sort of spiritual coach or, or teacher or um, practitioner for, for everything. Like I, I hear people now that have a practitioner for this and then a practitioner for that one. And, and I'm going to balance this and then we're going to do my charts. And it's like, it, like a whole team and <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. your team it are your angels your guides god spirit mm-hmm. you know but we're starting to hire man to do god's work and it's just it's still putting too much power outside of ourselves yeah. i mean aside from the fact that it's just I can't even imagine how expensive that is to do. <laughs> um, it's expensive financially and personally because you're investing in another person to do God's work for you. And it's, I totally agree in having teachers or mentors or, but at the end of the day, you also have to know that that person, whoever you're listening to, whoever you follow, that kind of thing, that person needs to be somebody that is allowing God to move through them when they work. Yeah. That's the only person anybody should listen to ever, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And, and that is something that if someone listened hard enough, they could hear within themselves. That's just, they're basically hiring a teacher for that, that voice to come through at that time. But that voice of God, those messages from God, the, the guidance from spirit, that's all something that can come through us. And I suggest to everyone tapping into that relationship first, not hiring a team, not, you know, listening to everybody outside of ourselves, but really focusing on that relationship between ourselves and God. That's, I'm so glad that you bring that up because that's probably the most beneficial work that I've ever done. And I took a good chunk of, you know, I took about four months to really dive in and do that work where I really shut out all the other outside noise. And that work has continued to bless me with gifts from that day forward. And this was like two years ago. And the one thing that I noticed looking back where I made a lot of mistakes earlier on is that I made other people gurus. Mm-hmm. And so I trusted them more than I was trusting me. And there will never, like, nobody can do the inner trust work for you. Nobody can. <laughs> and I kept on trying to hire these people to fix a spiritual problem that was inside of me. Mm-hmm. And me and God are the only people who could fix that. 
right? Right, and and it's also putting it's it's putting so much faith in you know there's god and then we have our human filters so you know i i describe it as like this abundant flow of god and that could be information love prosperity whatever you want to look at it as and then we have our human filters the i'm not good enough filter the i have to work harder filter and those filters start to block the flow so like mm-hmm. if you're seeing um, a, a lack of money manifest, there's some human filters blocking that flow. It's not a matter of God's taken it away. It's just a matter of removing those human filters. Yeah. So if you have some sort of teacher or mentor who has a bunch of filters, you're only getting that God information through human filters. Yeah. So that information isn't necessarily going to be correct. Yes, the information from God is correct, but how that person determines what that information is or how they perceive it based on that filter is what you're going to get. So when you're putting all that faith into a human being, you're always subject to a human filter that's going to maybe not produce exactly what God put in that person, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. No, it does. I mean, and I think we have to be aware of our own filters for sure. And I think, Part of that is really deepening into this relationship with, I think, your holy self mm-hmm. and building that relationship with God. And that has been a lifelong journey for me. There's no doubt about it. One that continues, as I think any relationship does, like any real relationship has maintenance and work and you need to build connection and intimacy and trust and respect. Like there's so many different dynamics that go into producing a healthy relationship. And when I started to think of my relationship with God as any other type of relationship, that's when things really started to change. Mm -hmm. So I would be curious to hear, you know, when you're working with somebody deep in their spirituality, we both know that relationship component is so critical. What are some of the ways that you help help them do that or facilitate this or even hold this space for them to build this super important spiritual relationship? Well, I think it's important to strip down what God isn't Mm -hmm. because I think that we, we don't really realize how everything that we've really ever heard about God, most of it is, is being heard from somebody else. It's, what you're raised with, what your parents taught you, what society teaches us, any Sunday schools. Like it's, it's really this, this relationship that's built vicariously. It's not actually like, it's, it's not through us. And we grow up thinking this is what God is. And it's generally not a very good picture. It's generally like a really sadistic being that's very judgmental and cruel. And it's, it's kind of made to be like a really abusive parent, Mm. Um, you know, and then it's like, why would I want that relationship? And then even when we try to build a relationship with it, how can you, I mean, how can you trust an abusive, judgmental, sadistic person? Mm -hmm. You know, so if you look at it just like that, like a, a relationship in your life, you have to have trust in this person. Like look at like a really good friend, you know, you, You'd have to be able to trust them. You'd have to be able to love them. Can I rely on you? That's the relationship we want to have with spirit. 
So when we start looking at what it is not, what it, all the lies that have been told, all the negative beliefs we've had about it all these years, what our history has taught us. And also there's a lot of judgments about the world looks this way. Why is God letting this happen? When we really understand what God is, we can shift a lot of that blame. And when we shift that blame, then it makes it possible to actually say, okay, God doesn't cause famine. God doesn't cause pain and suffering. It doesn't give diseases to really beautiful, wonderful, nice people. That's not God. So when we shift all that blame and we can actually say, okay, what is God? If God is not that, what is God? And then start building a relationship based off of what that is. Love, Mm -hmm. peace, happiness, abundance. That's something I can get behind. That's something I can have a connection with. (laughs) You know, it's easy to surrender to something that I know is going to be there for me. If I'm looking at God as an absentee father, I can't, I can't rely on that. No, you're absolutely right. And I'm, so what you're talking about in, in my words is something I just talked about on the previous episode, which is paradigm shifts. And this is one of the spiritual shifts we go through that really accompany expansion. And when I say expansion, I mean opening you up to something new, opening you up to a new understanding, a new possibility. And this is so crucial to, to shift and to change. So this paradigm shift in particular of how we view God has been one of the most life-changing ones for me and really going through that process of stripping away what God isn't and getting to know on a very personal, intimate level who God is Mm -hmm. has been the foundation in which I have seriously rebuilt my life. And let's, let's talk about paradigm shifts for a second because, you know, a lot of times, a lot of my clients They want to expand into something new. They want to expand into possibility. They want to expand into their best self, their highest self. This is something that a lot of us want. But paradigm shifts, like the actual shifts we have to go through in order to get there, are not always the most comfortable or easy. So when we strip away what God isn't, we're letting go of some of a construct that we have held onto. And mm-hmm. when we let something go, there's going to be that in-between phase where nothing has really landed yet to take its place. A lot of uncertainty is there of like, I don't know how I stand on this. I don't know how I feel about this. And I have found like it's during these moments of time, no matter what kind of paradigm shift you're going through, like you have to hold a really fierce loving container because you're super vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you witness this with your clients when they're unzipping and unpacking and <laughs> stripping away? Yeah. It's um, in, in the original uh, new thought movement, it's called chemicalization mm. and it is, it's, it's a, it's a response even that the body has to those paradigm shifts <laughs> and it can be really intense. And I really, like when I start the spiritual mastery mentoring with clients, it starts with a self-care list and it starts with something that you can refer back to no matter what comes up because yeah, sometimes things do come up and it's not always comfortable, but the best thing that I have found for myself and for clients is the self-care is great kind of as a backup, but 
I think the best thing is really holding the truth of what is Mm -hmm. and really denying the lie of what isn't. Mm -hmm. So when something's coming up, it can be easy to just like, you know, I'm just going to take a bath and that's going to be fine. And like, yeah, that that's great. That's relaxing. But instead actually saying those that that is coming up is a lie. Like that separation I'm feeling is a lie Mm -hmm. and really denying that a place inside of yourself and then speaking the truth to it that I am, I am connected. I am one with God. I am holy. I am pure. I am perfect because the more that truth is spoken to something, it grows, it germinates, it spreads. And it's the same with the lies. The more we let fear into our space, the more it grows. So instead of letting the fear grow or fester, we're letting the truth into our space and the lies just kind of start to dissipate and it doesn't really have the room to grow anymore. Mm -hmm. So I think the best thing is really to just keep speaking the truth to something, even when it all appearances (laughs) seem otherwise. (laughs) Like that comes up with money a lot. Like people Mm -hmm. will say, well, how do I, my bank account looks this way. You have to speak the truth to it. It doesn't matter how it looks. How many times in the Bible were people like, Jesus, things look like this. And he was like, no, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it is this way because God says so. Mm -hmm. And there was no wavering. There was no, oh, you're right. It does look like that. Let's hope it works out. It's a fierce commitment to the truth and knowing that regardless of how something appears, you have to speak the truth to it. But you have to know what that truth is. This episode is sponsored by Honey and Sage Co. You guys, I just received my first subscription box and I am blown away by the quality of products they included. Not only does Honey and Sage Co. create their own apothecary products, but they also source from all of these other amazing goodies to create this really well-rounded wellness package. My favorite thing that I received was their Focused Intentions Aura Mist. I've literally used it five times already today, and I have a feeling that this is gonna be my latest obsession. They're giving you 10% off your first subscription or your first shop order. Simply go to honeyandsageco.com and enter the coupon code HOLYANDWILD at checkout. And that's exactly where I want to go next, because I think that this is probably the hardest Um, because it's such an abstract concept of learning to hear what truth sounds like, of learning to feel what truth feels like. And for me, this, this journey really started learning to become aware of when God was speaking to me and how God's voice sounded. And talking about a paradigm shift, okay? So when I used to hear that self-judgment voice of I'm not good enough, I would hear it through you're not good enough, Megan, almost as if it was coming from God. Mm -hmm. When I went through the paradigm shift of who God is, is and isn't, I started to hear God's voice very differently. And God's voice became the most loving, compassionate, encouraging like holding, nurturing voice. And that started to feel like truth to me. And just that experience alone of starting to get to know like my higher self and how God communicates with me. 
Because I used to think, you know, God would come, like I would hear somebody else's voice. I was waiting for that somebody else's voice to come mm-hmm. through. And so for the longest time, I was like, God doesn't speak to me. And then I realized God speaks to you through you. Mm-hmm. And then it was starting to tune into my most compassionate, loving, nurturing self. And God was working through that part of me, sending me the words that I needed to hear. Mm-hmm. And that was a monumental shift for how I started to understand that communication pathway, but more importantly, how to tap into that when fear was talking. Because isn't the most repeated phrase in the Bible, have no fear? <laughs> right? Yeah. But you know what? The ego has such a clever way of, and this is what's funny to me is that people think it's like black and white. You're either hearing God or you're hearing ego or the enemy or the devil or whatever if it was that blatant nobody would fall (laughs) you know it's like it's gonna be clever it's going to come in ways that you don't expect and the voice of god or or imitating the voice of god is one of the biggest ways and that's something that i i actually work with people on is differentiating those voices because especially when i meet people who have a spiritual awakening they're really desperate to hear, okay, now I'm ready. So I want to hear the voice of God. And they're really susceptible to accepting that voice from anywhere. Mm. And one of the biggest ways that I teach people that it's a lie is it will come to you in the form of you're not good enough. Mm. So I work with a lot of people who will say like, God came to me and he told me that if I do X, Y, Z, I'll be good enough. No, no, stop, red flag. God doesn't play that game. (laughs) It's not true. As soon as God would never tell you you're not good enough. So if you hear that, it's already a lie. Yeah. But because it comes in a really light hearted way or a really beautiful way, they'll think, oh, God came to me and told me, I'm not good enough. But if I just do X, Y, Z, I'll be good enough. Mm -hmm. And it, it's just a way that we keep ourselves trapped, you know, and it it comes in these really beautiful forms and these really divine looking forms. It sure can. And I, I think the struggle for me personally has been, you know, the, the sweet, compassionate, loving, nurturing voice in me is always the quietest. Mm Mm-hmm. The fear-based, not good enough voice is always the loudest. So it's really easy for me to hear that, that side of me. But it has taken practice to really tune into that small whisper. And that has meant creating space and time to get really quiet and to learn how to kind of turn off a lot of like just the brainwave function, right? Of just Mm -hmm. thought after thought. It's just like busy work that the brain does and it it needs to do that because it's always processing stuff. But really learning how to find quiet stillness so I can hear that whisper. And that's hard. It's hard because it goes against our humanness to really (laughs) sit there, to slow down, especially if you're type A, to get quiet and to tune into something that you're not even used to hearing. Mm Mm-hmm but it's so important. And the more you practice, the more access you have to that. It's so, it's so much easier to just jump into that voice and it's constantly available to you. So it doesn't feel as hard when you take the time to build that relationship with Mm -hmm. it, you know? 
Yeah, the busyness, the, like God never needs busyness. Mm-hmm. It never needs attention. It never needs, like that's something that comes up a lot as a spiritual entrepreneur is people will say, how do you be authentic? Your authenticity is God. Mm-hmm. That is it. Everything yeah. else is is ego, really. I mean, if you mm-hmm. really break down this, how do I show my authenticity? That's a personality. Mm-hmm. That's not your God. That's not, God is the ultimate authenticity. So the, can we talk about how we get here? Because this is so hard to do, <laughs> but it, it's such a spiritual practice. So in order for us to allow God to shine through us, there's a very specific spiritual process we have to go through, and that is surrender. We have to surrender and hand over. Mm-hmm. And it is almost impossible to surrender to something that you don't trust, you don't fully believe in, you don't respect. So these three things have been emotional processes for me of really going through with myself, with my own shame, with the things that have kept me separate from God, of really seeing myself as one with God. And I will never forget when I finally arrived to that point where I was like, I was willing to surrender for the first time. Because let's be real, surrender is not a one and done thing. It's, it's like forgiveness. Like you have a layer to get started and then it's like multi-layered after that. You know, it's like, a, mm-hmm. it's, it's a practice that you have to continue to do to surrender yourself, to surrender your path and let God work through you. It's, it's like living your life as a prayer. So when it comes to surrender, like what, what are the things that have been helpful for you? What are some of the things that you teach to clients to help them do this very vulnerable work? Well, when we really do understand what God is, we also understand what we are because we can't understand what we are if we don't understand the creator that made us. Mm -hmm. So understanding what God is, you know, we, we get kind of narcissistic with, I know better Mm-hmm. I'm going to surrender, but I, I want God to make the results look this way. Guilty. Oh, I do that. It's <laughs> terrible. It's like, okay, God, I'm going to fully surrender, but please make it look this way. Yes. You know, we, we think that we know better. and mm-hmm. Or we think that God won't deliver as good as we want. We think, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's this um, egotistical know-it-all type, you know, that mm-hmm. every human being has. We think mm-hmm. that it should be a certain way. But when we understand what God is and the infinite possibilities and resources that God has, then we understand our place a little bit better too and what that relationship is. And it's also not even, not understanding our place like in a, in a submissive way, like I, I have to be submissive and let God do this. But why would you want to do anything? Like if God can, can, can handle all of this, why don't we want God to handle all of this? Right. Like we're stressed, we're anxious, we're fearful, but we're trying to dictate how things appear. If we knew how to do it, we wouldn't be feeling those things. Mm-hmm. So I, I call it like a pilot co-pilot. Mm. God is the pilot. 
if we want to co-pilot, God will just sit there and say, okay, take the reins, take the controls. Mm -hmm. And then we'll just kind of sit there and white knuckle and scream and like, why are you doing this, God? And God's like, you're flying. You're not letting me do anything. <laughs> you know? So it's like, if we just let go and say, okay, the pilot knows better. It has my best interest. But again, we need to know. We need to know that. And not just a, a know-it-all, like, yeah, I know God loves me. No, like, know it. Have yeah. such a complete and holy knowing. Mm. It is easy to say, you know what, God, I don't know how to do this, but you know better. So yeah. I'm just going to let go. I'm going to let go of the controls. I'm going to let you take care of it. And God can do more. Again, that, uh, that abundance of everything is there. It's our lack of letting it appear into our lives that creates lack. Yeah. I mean, that knowing is <sighs> just the feeling of knowing it. Like it's so certain. It's almost like it's truth and it's, it's so grounded in you. There is no doubt in it. Mm -hmm. And it's one of, I think the most difficult things to arrive to because it is so much connected to how we're defining things. So much so. And even when you do a lot of work with this, it's so easy to get caught up in the old stories that have been part of our belief systems for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like we have to choose that knowing. We have to choose to stand in that versus everything that's not that. And when I get stuck in fear or doubt or worry, that's what I come back to. What do I know to be true? Who do I know that I am? Who do I know that God made me to be? And who do I know that God made me to like go and do this work? That's what I come back to because they're, the answers are always the same. And it's always around my earnability, my divinity, my creativity, and my lovability. Mm -hmm. It always comes back to those four things that God wants the most for you. And you're totally creative enough, lovable enough, worthy and deserving enough, and capable enough to create anything that you desire. That's why you have the desire to begin with, mm -hmm. because God put it there for you. When it's um, soul-based, and that is a really big discernment piece, because I've had desires that are very ego-based too, <laughs> and they never, ever, ever work out in my favor. <laughs> Well, that's like this whole new trend of you can manifest anything you want. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've actually talked to people who are confused why they didn't manifest what they wanted. And they, they'll go through the, I did this, I did this, and I, I did all the homework, so why didn't it happen? And I'm like, maybe it's not meant to happen. You know, mm -hmm. maybe not even maybe it wasn't ego based but maybe god just has something better for you yeah like we can't just manifest anything we want because there could be something better think mm -hmm. of any relationships jobs homes anything that we've ever wanted that we have no idea i mean sometimes we do get to see it and we're like oh thank god that didn't work out yeah. <laughs> but there's so many i call it the magic behind the scenes it's like mm -hmm. there's there's this whole process happening. There's all this magic happening and we get 
kind of pigheaded with her spirituality of like, I didn't get what I wanted. So I didn't do it good enough. I'm not mm -hmm. good enough. I should have mm -hmm. done it better. I'm not good at manifesting. No, maybe it just wasn't meant to be. Maybe God mm -hmm. has something better. Yeah. Yeah. And I think reframing it in that way, you know, a lot of what spirituality is to me and deepening in, in faith is really cultivating more hope and a more positive framework in how you view your life and view situations when things go awry or they don't work out or you feel disappointed. And that's one of the things that I go back to. One of the beliefs I go back to is that God knows more than me. God sees the whole picture. God mm -hmm. sees the whole arc of all of this. So who am I to say that this needed to happen or because this didn't happen, now everything's screwed, you know? Mm -hmm. Do I really believe that's, that's God's plan for me? We should be excited. Like, that's what I always say. We, if something doesn't work out, your immediate response shouldn't be, I'm not good enough or this is terrible or whatever. It should just be, oh my gosh, God has something even better for me. I thought this person, this thing, this house, this job, whatever it is, I thought this was the Mecca. Well, I can't wait to see what God has yeah. because my perception is limited, but God is infinite. So whatever mm -hmm. God is brewing has to be like mind-blowingly awesome. Yeah. You know, so it should be excitement. We really should never get disappointed about anything. Yeah. And I think the other thing that I've noticed too, is that, you know, along the way, like sometimes things work out, sometimes they don't, but each, it doesn't, that part doesn't really matter because each, each thing, whether it's successful or not, it's a stepping stone to getting us to that next thing that God is opening up for us. So kind of seeing it that way, like really helps me to like reframe things and they don't work out. And I no longer believe in failure. Like, I don't even believe that that's a thing because God is always leading us somewhere and every single experience can, has wisdom that we can squeeze from it to carry us forward into the person that God wants us to become. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It's, again, we, we just put all these shoulds on ourselves and, you know, all these filters on ourselves that just limit you know, God's just sitting there saying, you are perfect, you are holy. And we're sitting there like, well, when will I be enough? What do I have to do to be enough? And <laughs> but isn't it so divine that it works this way, though? Like, God totally knew what they were doing <laughs> when we were made, because we were made in such a way that we experience fear, we experience shame, we experience doubt, we experience worry. And so it creates a need for something bigger than ourselves. Like it is baked into our DNA that we need God. We need God to help us manage our human experience. We are spiritual souls in a physical world. Mm -hmm. And we need that God component to learn how to manage this, to learn how to make it, to learn how to expand, to learn how to be who we are destined to be. Like it was so divinely orchestrated. It really, really was. And so sometimes, you know, on my personal development journey, like getting back to like the perfectionism thing, my whole goal was to like eradicate fear. I don't ever want to experience it. And because I was still experiencing it, I was like, well, I haven't done enough work yet. <laughs> and now I realize like that fear is a component of who we are. So we're always going to rely on God. And it's actually a very smart design when you think about it that way. And where we get into trouble is when we're trying to deal with that fear without the presence of God. Mm -hmm. 
I think the other thing too is that we try to deny that the fear is there mm. because it's, well, if I'm a holy person, then I, I don't feel fear. I don't feel, it's not that those feelings don't come up, but it's also when they do speaking the truth to them. Yeah. Because again, you know, if we just let it fester, then that's just letting ego run rampant. But when we really understand God and we understand, you know, again, like let's just use money. If there's a money issue coming up, sitting in the fear of that, it, it just propels that consciousness forward of I'm separate. I'm not good enough. The money's not going to be there, but speaking the truth to it and knowing that God is always there, that abundance is always there. And like you're saying that, strengthening of that relationship it kind of starts to dissipate that fear it's not it's not a matter of just i need to work on fear so i don't have any more of it in my life it's that when it comes up you know god so wholeheartedly that it doesn't stick around it really doesn't have a place because whatever fear comes up there's a truth to it there's something that god can counteract that lie with Mm. just I think that piece right there is like God provides the truth so when we're dealing with fear we need truth in order to counteract that and we can't get there without the God component right because you have to know what the truth of God is <laughs> yes yes so you know what I love about conversations like this is like every it's almost like this like multi-venn diagram <laughs> where everything starts interconnecting and it's like multi-layered and it's that's what I think makes spirituality so interesting and fascinating to me because there's so much overlap with the way that we view God to how we view ourselves, to how we view relationships, to how we view the world. It's, you can't disconnect any of those things. So when we really start getting into like why spirituality is so important, you really can't <laughs> put words around it because almost everything is spiritual. Mm -hmm. Because it all comes back to that in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. So I'm so glad, so glad that <laughs> you came and shared your perspective on spirituality and how we get to know God and how we get to build this relationship and the impact it has on our lives. Christian, thank you so much for being such an amazing guest. Thank you so much. Awesome to be here. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. Hey, Soul Seeker, are you loving what we're putting out on Wild and Holy Radio? If so, I would love your support by leaving a quick review on iTunes. Your words straight from the heart are so helpful in helping us build this thriving community of other spiritual seekers and religious and curious who want a safe container to be their fullest expression and do their holy work in the world. So hop on over to iTunes, leave a quick review, and if you need help on actually how to do that, have a link listed in the show notes to help you out. Thanks so much for your support and I'll see you again soon on Wild and Holy Radio.